the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today for the Tuesday edition, March 9th. Uh, it feels a lot like spring outside, doesn't it? It sure does. Yeah, Kathy, have you been outside at all today? I have been outside, and it was very, very nice. Mm-hmm. Sort of uh, sunshiny, grab a, and it had the it had the whiff of spring. A whiff of spring, yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I wanted to grab a rake and do a little spring cleanup, right? Really, because, I didn't. Uh, I didn't want to. Didn't you? No, but I'm glad you did, and I wish that you would have maybe gotten the car and come to my home. I said I wanted to. Oh, but you didn't actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, that's no, different. Got things going on here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a very busy day. Uh, we've not yet heard from Buckingham Palace, at least here, uh, you and I locally. Holiday. I'm waiting. I, I, I texted the Queen earlier, and she's mm-hmm. been a little laxing returning. Right. I think she was My busy message. feeding the corgis. As we always do, let's get underway by looking at the news stories of the day. Give us, please, now, Kath, the top four at four. Okay, then I will. For Tuesday, March 9th, 2021, number one. Good news. Good news. I say it again because it's so nice when I can actually do that. Good news for the nation's hospitals recovering from COVID-19's third wave. USA Today reports that although more than 1,500 Americans are dying from the virus every day, new data does show that COVID-19 patients are comprising a smaller and smaller share of hospital admissions around the country, most drastically in the West and South regions hit hard by the disease through the holidays. So difficult days, but still looking up. Number two. Jury selection began today in the trial of former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin in the death of George Floyd, while both sides awaited decision by the state court of appeals on whether a charge of third degree murder should be reinstated in the case. Now, this got complicated. I guess the whole thing's going to be complicated, but it got complicated yesterday because according to the Wall Street or according to the Washington Post, yesterday was supposed to be the first day of jury selection. I mentioned that top four at four yesterday, but proceedings were halted almost immediately after prosecutors question whether the judge could move forward without ruling on the prosecution's efforts to reinstate a charge of third-degree murder as well. Now, Judge Cahill, who threw out that charge in the fall, saying it could not be applied to this case, was ordered by the Minnesota Court of Appeals to reconsider his decision. I know this is a lot of complex legal stuff, but this is what's happening. He said yesterday that the third-degree murder charge was a narrow issue in the case and that he still planned to move forward with jury selection and other pre-trial matters. That's where we are as of now. Number three, Joe Biden's dogs are in trouble and have taken a trip. According to the report from CNN today, the president's German shepherds were sent back last week to Wilmington, Delaware, because of an aggressive incident at the White House. Now, we've seen a lot of aggressive incidents in the White House, but perhaps none like this recently. Major, the three-year-old that was adopted by the Biden family in November of 2018, had what one CNN source described as 
a biting incident Mm -hmm. with a member of the White House security team. The other dog champ had to go back with Major, but there were no reports of bad behavior. You know, it's like when there's one bad kid in the class and everybody gets punished. Everybody gets ruined. That's what's going on with Champ. Anyway, both dogs had moved into the White House shortly after Biden was inaugurated. And number four, yep, Pitt men's basketball just lost to the Miami Hurricanes in round one of the ACC tournament, 79-73. It was totally frustrating in every way, especially at the end. It was a bad day for Champagny. There were a ton of turnovers. Pitt was favored by three and exits early from the tournament. Uh, Their overall record this year, a disappointing 10-12. and And that is your top four. four. Very nice. Well, you know... A lot was made about the Bidens and their, I'll put this in air quotes, their rescue dogs. Yes, for sure. Right? Yeah, it was um, a big deal. And it was, and they were going to be so much better than the Trumps who didn't like animals. The rescue dogs. To be honest, you know, it, uh, I've been to uh, a lot of shelters. It's rare to find a rescue German Shepherd, is mm-hmm. it not? Right. You would think that those are highly prized. And, of course, uh, okay. I guess the biting incident, if it was a cat, would be much less severe. If a cat bit you, you'd go, that cat, you know, throw him off the couch. No, no, and, no, uh, no. Well, here's the thing, though. If the cat bites you, you got to go to the hospital. Come on. What? I've had cats bitten, bite me multiple well, times. I promise you, if you get a cat bite, you should go to the hospital. Why? Because cause you can die from a cat bite. Come on. What? What are you saying? Oh, you can die from a cat bite, bite way easier than you can die, die from a dog bite. Bite. I mean, you know. Uh, oh, no, no. Cat, you've owned no, cats, cats that bite you. Parti- cats carry a particular kind of bacteria in their mouth. Go to hospital Seriously, if you ever, me. if you ever, if anyone's listening, if you ever get bitten by a cat, go to the hospital. I've been bitten multiple times by cats. Well, don't say that on the radio because that is a very dangerous thing to be bitten by a cat. What? Yes. I mean, if the cat just scratches you, it's no big deal. Oh, if the cat me. breaks your skin, Bands, you know, crushes you need, into you. you need to get medical attention. I never heard of such a thing. Yes, it is true. Trust me, as someone who owns cats, right, okay. it is something that is uh, vital for you to understand. Learn something every day. Mm-hmm. I was just uh, worried about the dogs. Now I got to worry about the cat. Really? How about a bird bite? You Proportionately, got well. most cats don't bite like that. I mean, but, you know, and I'm sure Major didn't mean it. Oh, you might have meant it. <laughs> What are you saying? You know the dog's intent? No, but I don't I think feel so. Like Major, a dog a bites you. I believe the to. dog means it. Major's trying to come to grip, trying to come to grips with the capital assault. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's trying to come to grips with the, you know, the media's contentious relationship no, no, with no, first just... President Trump and now his master. It's just a lot for him to take in. Believe me, once that dog's out of the White House, he's not coming back anytime soon. You know that as well as I do. Right. Okay. So you know what I just I I just opened our Facebook page right now. And by the way, if you'd like to watch the show, it's streaming right now. Uh open up uh your Facebook page and go to the ride home with Johnny Kathy or 101.5 Word FM. Um the um closed captioning is in effect right now. So what the the idiocy that I am speaking about this dog is now being translated into text. All right. Very good. And I just want to say whoever's doing that, I know it's a computer, but still I just want to say I'm sorry. Let's take a break. Come back. Uh, We've got a jam-packed show for you today. Uh, In these trying last year, no surprise that a lot of people fell into depression. But uh, we'll talk about that from a saintly perspective next, the Tuesday edition of The Ride Home here on Pittsburgh's Christian Talk, 101.5 Word FM. The Saints and Depression, straight ahead.
101.5 WORD. Your station for leading the way with Dr. Michael Youssef. There can be no freedom from sin and guilt apart from Jesus, who is the truth. There can be no freedom from fear and anxiety and worry apart from Jesus, who is the truth. There can be no freedom from hatred and bitterness and anger apart from Jesus, who is the truth. Make sure to tune in this week to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. Receive a $5 rebate by trading up a non-contact thermometer toward an Exergen temporal scanner purchased at any retailer. Fever is a leading symptom of COVID, and using an accurate thermometer has never been more critical. In published studies, no-touch thermometers miss more fevers than they detect. While the new COVID vaccines are becoming more widely available, it is important to make sure you are protected. Monitor for fever with an accurate thermometer backed by more than 80 published peer review clinical studies. Details at exergen.com, where accuracy matters. For cancer patients, being a survivor doesn't begin at remission. It begins at diagnosis. Word FM presents Survivor Stories, stories of hope, of faith, and courage. In the words of patients and caregivers who are living through cancer together, share your story at wordfm.com. Survivor Stories, coming this March to the Ride Home with John and Kathy. Sponsored in part by Young Adult Survivors United and Gaskian Associates. Details at wordfm.com. The government is handing out money again. More stimulus money is making its way across America. Personally, I don't know what it means to you. But I do know this. Everyone, everyone is talking and thinking about money in the midst of a pandemic. Now, if you're ready to buy a house and thinking about your money, or you want to refinance, or cash out refinance, well, truly, you do owe it to yourself to talk to the family at United Faith Mortgage, father and son, John and Ryan, John's wife, Denise, sister-in-law, Barbara. These are good people. It's why they're here on this station. And the direct lender advantage, truly, this is everything. So, stimulus payments, government money, pandemic, all this in the dark, bleak midwinter, someone's there for you. United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. The Pittsburgh Airport Area Chamber of Commerce is ready to help you with the 100% free-to-use Clever RX app. Access prescription drug savings on thousands of FDA-approved medications at pharmacies nationwide and beat your copay over 80% of the time. Visit the Pittsburgh Airport Area Chamber now to learn more at paacc.com slash cost dash savings and never overpay for a prescription drug again. That's paacc.com slash cost dash savings. If you weren't depressed before 2020, oh gosh. odds are you are now. I mean, what a year it's been. And the, the maladies, the loneliness, the social isolation, the fear, all that. Of course, I'm not telling you something you don't know. But, you know, depression for a long time, especially in the church, was viewed as some sort of failing moral issue, that you were less than somehow right. if the black dog of despair came upon you. But the fact of the matter is, and our next guest is going to talk about this, Martin Luther, Charles Spurgeon, Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King Jr., people well-known in the Christian sphere, suffered from long-term depression. Diana Groover is with us. She writes about discipleship and spiritual formation. Her brand-new book is called Companions in the Darkness, Seven Saints Who Struggled with Depression and Doubt. Diana, welcome to the show. Thanks. It's so good to be with you today. 
Thank you. Diana, you write that you didn't have a word for it until your senior year of college. Talk about that. So I think I, I, my struggle with depression began before I had that word, um, but I, I wouldn't have called it depression. I would say, you know, I'm emotionally low right now, or I'm just mm. crying more than normal, or I'm in a funk. Um, and it wasn't until it became increasingly debilitating and I sought out some help at my college's counseling center that I realized, no, this, this thing has a name, it's depression, and um, came face to face with that reality. Um, but the, the good part of that was that gave me the freedom to get the help that I needed to get well. Right. So in the knowledge of depression in your life, then, uh, Diana, you must not have been a good Christian. Ah, right. Um, right. You know, I wrestled with that. I think, um, and I know that this is the case for many people who um, are people of faith who struggle with depression. There's a lot of guilt that comes with it. You know, if if I just prayed more or had more faith or could find the right level of spiritual willpower, somehow this would go away. Um, I know now, obviously, that that is not true. And I, I really hope that this book... Um, gives people the freedom to know that it, it's okay to struggle. It doesn't mean that we're failing. It doesn't mean that God has left us. It's just something that some of us have to walk through. What about the feeling, just the feeling that God has left us? Because that is, that's kind of a stamp on people who struggle with depression. It is, it is. And I think, um, you know, there's this, this term, the dark night of the soul, um, that, that we have for, throughout the history of the church, these, these folks who have experienced a sense of God's absence. And I don't think you have to be depressed to feel that. But in my own case, and everyone that I know who has walked through depression, it's, it's part of the package deal. Um, the sense that you're in deep pain and deep darkness, and you just sit with the silence of God. You know, your prayers feel like they're just escaping into the air and scripture might not have the same comfort that it once did. And when you're in a place of need, um, it's just another source of pain and another source of doubt. Um, I, I find a lot of comfort from the stories that I tell in Companions in the Darkness, because to hear that some of these giants of the faith felt that as well um, brings a strange sort of comfort. You know, mm. it, Charles Spurgeon said that when he was depressed, scripture didn't have the same sort of comfort. And Mother Teresa talked about how she felt like she couldn't pray and sometimes wondered if God even existed. And, you know, if they can feel those things and keep finding a way to walk forward, um, and that's not any kind of judgment on their faith or God's ability to use them, I can, do, I can feel those things too. That's really good. So in the work that you put together, uh, which really is very compelling, these character sketches, I, I would call them character sketches of seven different people that we would know, right? I mean, seven people, like I said, as he came in, Martin Luther, Charles Spurgeon, Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King Jr. To be honest, uh, Diana, I did not know a lot about William Cooper, but I found him to be really compelling in his story. W- would you open that up a little bit and, and talk about that sketch and who he was and how he suffered and how he dealt? Absolutely. I love that you connected with him because he was uh, the one out of the seven that I was definitely the most drawn toward. Mm. Uh, William Cooper was an 18th century poet and hymn writer. 
he was really good friends with John Newton, um, who people may know is the author of the hymn Amazing Grace. And he struggled with chronic depression throughout his life. It, it would come and go, but it was always this, this present uh, reality for him. And several times throughout the course of his life, he attempted to take his own life. And through it all, he, he found some way to keep writing. I think that's part of what drew me to him as a writer of, you know, there were some days when he was so depressed he couldn't pick up his pen. But as soon as he could, he started writing again. And there was something in the process of his writing and his art that, that gave him a place of stable footing and helped him go forward. Um, part of the, the beauty of his story as well, to me, is seeing the friends that steadily appeared for him throughout his life. John and Mary Newton were just two of many who um, gave him a place to stay, who sometimes literally kept him alive, who gave him work to do or encouragement, um, you know, gave him a reason to get out of bed. And for someone whose story is so bleak and he died with a, that sense of God's absence, a sense of God's judgment, to see God's grace appear for him in the steady, loving, faithful presence friends. Um, it gave me a lot of hope. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, uh, the response to your book um, shows us that there just aren't very many people talking about issues like this, especially in regards to Christian heroes. Uh, we're talking to Diana Groover. The new book is called Companions in the Darkness, Seven Saints Who Struggled with Depression and Doubt. Um, I remember, you know, I read about Cooper a couple years ago, and when I first brought it up in a group of people, they were almost annoyed that I told the story. Really? It was kind of like it was such a downer that they, it, which was exactly the way I, I, that I had looked at it as inspiring, but I think maybe we have like Christian heroes on a pedestal, Diana, and we don't like to hear that they suffer. Have you, have you, you know, known people who looked at it that way? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it, it, there's something um, about, we all know that people have weaknesses, right? Or of course they're human, they struggle with things, but to see some of these giants is really vulnerable um, or to see that they are very much like us can be disconcerting sometimes because we do like to put people up on a pedestal. And I think we would all love to think that there's some ability to exist without pain or suffering. And that's just yeah. not the case. It's a part yeah, of the I, human condition. Yeah. yeah, Diana, I think that, I think you hit on maybe what might be at the heart of it is that we want to believe that God wouldn't let us go through that. You know what I mean? And so, but if we find out that God let, you know, Charles Spurgeon go through that, then we're yeah. running out of ideas to think that maybe or running out of support to think that maybe he wouldn't let us go through that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, I'm glad you brought up Charles Spurgeon because Diana, you include this in, in my reading about you. There's a piece that you wrote in CT he says this in one of his sermons, Charles Spurgeon says, you may be surrounded with all the comforts of life and yet be in wretchedness more gloomy than death if the spirits are depressed. You may have no outward cause whatever for sorrow. And yet if the mind is dejected, the brightest sunshine will not relieve your gloom. There are times when all our evidence gets clouded over and all our joys are fled. Though we may still cling to the cross, yet 
it is with a desperate grasp. Mm. I mean, I think that really, you know, that's so to me, of course, Charles Spurgeon is not a man of this age, but that's very 2021. We have all the comforts of life, right? Many of us, we are surrounded still in wretchedness and gloom. We are depressed and we can't find our way out. And still we want to cling to the cross. That's a good thing. If we can you know, cling to the cross in the midst of all this, that is the, the beginning of it all, isn't it? You know, I find Charles Spurgeon's words to be such a source of comfort. Um, I, I to, to think of more pastors being willing to speak so matter-of-factly and honestly about depression, I think we could learn a lot from his example in that way. Um, because I think you're right. I, you know, a lot of people in the Christian community who struggle with depression have heard people say, if you just had more faith, if you just read your Bible more, if you just prayed more, you wouldn't feel like this. And I don't think that that is true, but I think that there is still something in the message of the gospel and in the hope that we're offered in the scripture that, that helps us find a way forward. You know, the Bible does not cure my depression, but I still need it. And I think that that was something I learned from Spurgeon to see how he turned again and again to the hope of the gospel, the hope of the promises of God, and found them as anchoring points when everything else seemed uncertain and chaotic. You know, if if someone was going through cancer, we wouldn't say the Bible would cure that, but we would surely point them to to the hope that is found in the stories in those pages. And I think that um, people struggling with mental illness, it's, it's a very similar scenario. Right. And, you know, I, I wonder, you know, th- this age that we live in, of course, I'm no psychologist and, and you know, neither are you, but, you know, how, I wonder how hand in hand depression and anger work with each other because we do live in such an angry age. But I believe if you peel that anger back, a lot of it would be rooted, of course, in our despair and the depression that society holds. What do you think? Yeah, and I've heard some people say that um, depression is anger turned inward, which I think is an interesting thing. I haven't quite decided if I fully agree with that or not, but Mm. it's an interesting thing to note that um, one symptom of depression that, that can appear that most people aren't aware of is anger. Um, and so I, I think that there are some cases where depression manifests itself as anger. I, I think of Martin Luther King Jr. I think that was the case for him towards the end of his life was he was usually pretty calm and collected, but there's some stories of him just erupting in some staff meetings. And it seems like that was was a symptom of of what was going on under the surface. Hmm. Well, I guess there's no way to get through this life without realizing that we're really complicated creatures and there's no easy fix to a lot of our issues. Um, Diana, you you landed on something a couple of minutes ago that I, I've kind of been thinking about since you said it, which is, I think you were talking about Spurgeon and you said, you know, he found that even though the scriptures didn't have, didn't like pack the same emotional punch for him, 
Um, when he was depressed, he still found them every bit as trustworthy. And I'm just thinking of people listening to the show and maybe they're afraid of going through some dark time and they're thinking that, you know, maybe they're going to have to go through this and God's going to desert them or they're going to feel totally alone or whatever. So speak to that person and, and tell them, you know, what you've experienced, kind of like Spurgeon shared what he had. I think one of the biggest things that I have learned, both through walking through seasons of my own pain and also sitting with the stories of these seven brothers and sisters throughout history, is that when we are walking through pain or we are walking through depression, um, it can be really easy to turn and, and become really focused. And for me, it feels almost frantic sometimes on my level of faith and my feeling of whether God is there or not, or whether I'm doing enough. And I become increasingly convinced that that will always point me in the wrong direction. But instead, if I look at God's faithfulness towards me and his relentless insistence to keep company with me in the dark and keep company with me in the pain, that gives me the hope that I need to keep going. Because the reality is when you're in that place, it feels like God has left you, but he hasn't. And he knows that we're complicated. He knows that there's no easy answer. He knows that a lot of this is just a day by day, moment by moment journey. He created us that way. And, and he has chosen to join us on that journey and keep company with us there. And if I can turn my eyes in that direction of his faithfulness, um, that keeps me pointed in, in, in the right way. That's excellent. Really good. Diana, thanks. We really appreciate the conversation for you to peel back, you know, this, this uh, despair that mm-hmm. people sort of travel through and to know that Martin Luther, Charles Spurgeon, Mother Teresa, MLK, I mean, they're there, then we are not immune as well, of course. And, uh, no shame as we uh, walk through these dark times. So thanks for being with us. Greatly appreciate your time. Oh, thanks. It's been good to be with you both. Thank you. Diana Groover, her new work is called Companions in the Darkness, Seven Saints Who Struggled with Depression and Doubt. Take a quick break. We're going to move from depression to meatballs. Well, by now, you've all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. Now, for a limited time, MyPillow is offering the premium MyPillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98. They are regularly $69.98. It's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Or right now, MyPillow. Dot com. MyPillow.com. Do you believe in the historical Adam? Let me ask that another way. Do you believe that Adam was the first man who lived, that God created him at the beginning of time? Many in our day, even in the church, deny that Adam ever lived. They insist that Genesis 1 and 2 is merely a fable that Moses, many years later, made up in order to teach Israel about God. Adam and Eve were merely mythological people. 
To deny the existence of Adam, however, denies the entire Word of God, including the New Testament. Jesus himself makes reference to Adam and Eve. Paul speaks of Adam by name six different times in his epistles. We can even go so far as to say that if Adam did not really exist, there was no need for Jesus Christ to come into this world. I'm Pastor Bill Brainsome of the Pittsburgh Protestant Reformed Church. For information about our church, check out prcpittsburgh.org or call 412-727-6811. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things that concern the Lord Jesus Christ. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. The changes haven't been easy, but there's help. The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We can design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh at WordFM.com, the WordFM mobile app by heart, tune in, and at Radio.com. Tonight we'll see clear to partly cloudy skies with a low of 38. It'll be warm tomorrow with intervals of clouds and sunshine. Tomorrow's high 67. Tomorrow night will be cloudy and mild with a low of 53. Thursday, cloudy, breezy, and warm with a passing shower in the afternoon. Thursday will reach a high of 66. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Huh? It's hard not to get excited about 67 degrees oh coming our way. Gosh, Very that's nice. thrilling. Hey, uh, today, in case you're wondering, is National Meatball Day. I, National I Meatball not know. Day. Yeah, well, it is, yeah. And, uh, you know, the earliest meatball of, uh, well, I don't know how they go back and find the earliest meatball, but apparently it was is, the is Chinese. That like, is that like uh, patient A, like they're looking for with the <laughs> coronavirus? Right. Chinese, they're the ones credited with a meatball. We would think the Italians, but nope, it was uh, the Chinese. Now, a collection of Rome recipes uh, in ancient times, first century AD, they have recipe books mm. that feature the meatball. Is that, that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Does it and say of course, what the meat was? No, uh, I'm not really sure about okay. what the meat was, but uh, the meatball has been around since the first century. And of course, Italian immigrants introduced the spaghetti meatballs to Americans, the um, Meatball sandwich, which is not oh. a surprise, one of the favorite top three sandwiches in the country. Oh you know, God. the largest meatball ever was produced by the Italian Sons and Daughters Club in, of all places, Hilton Head. Hmm. All right. Yep. How big do you think it is? Take a guess. Largest meatball. The, the biggest meatball weighs uh, 42 pounds. Biggest meatball ever, uh, certified by the people at, um, what, what's the? Uh, the USDA. No, Guinness Book of World Records. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they had to have a person on site, a specially built five-foot oven. And then there was discussion. It had to be cooked all the way through, had to be edible, had to be round. 1,700-pound meatball. Mm-hmm. Holy. Wow. Five-foot high. Okay. 
So national, happy national meatball day. Do you I make your own meatballs? A, yes, yeah, me I too. do. But see, my mm-hmm. husband's a vegetarian now, oh, right. so I can't do it. You know, uh, over I mean, the winter. It. He'd be yeah. fine with me doing it, but I feel badly doing it. You know why? Because they're delicious. They are delicious, yeah. Over the winter, I found a recipe for Ikea meatballs and no, made them. I don't them. like, I oh, don't no, like no. Swedish Listen, meatballs. Listen, no, mm-hmm. these were excellent. I'm telling you. They were a family. They quickly became a family favorite. I, okay. I don't want to brag. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I believe you. Yeah. But What's I, wrong I, with the Swedish meatball? Because I like meatballs in hearty tomato sauce. No, no. This, the gravy in the uh, Ikea sauce. Very nice. Very nice I indeed. I think of that, but that's okay. I trust you. I trust okay. you because you have not, yep. you know, taken me down the wrong. Well, you mm. actually have taken well, me down several know. wrong paths. But, <laughs> taking you. but let me just. Just how it is. All right. You know what I love? Hmm. Meatball casserole. You know what it is? What is it? Listen, you get like a casserole dish, like a, like an individual one. Like maybe it'd just be enough for you. Yeah. And in it, you put like three like golf ball size mm-hmm. but ten, tennis ball sized meatballs you cover that with homemade sauce and then you put cheese all over the top sounds good to me you bake that in the oven yeah and you eat it with about six pieces of italian garlic toast. oh that's nice yeah i mean it really is it is a shame that your husband is a vegetarian it is a real yeah. you don't know how much of a shame yeah it is. i'm sure Sorry for you. Anyway, happy National Meatball Day to you. We'll take a quick break. We move from meatballs to the judgment of God. Do we have to be judged by God? That's straight ahead. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Got it here. It's for Christian Talk. WORD. If I said that by Friday you could be praying with a boldness you never thought possible, expecting God to answer your prayers like never before, would you take the next step? Would you ask, what do I do? Breathe powerful new life into your prayers. Don't miss John MacArthur's series, Don't Be Afraid to Ask, on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. Progressive Motorcycle presents Road Wisdom from the Motor. The road is everything you want it to be. Everything. As long as what you want is road. To ride your motorcycle on. Progressive Motorcycle also presents basic policies starting at $79 a year. Progressive Motorcycle, for those who were born to ride. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates annual premium for basic liability policy is not available in all states. The IRS doesn't mess around. If they want your money, they'll take it. They can take your paycheck and bank accounts, too, even threaten your home or business. Don't take on the IRS alone. If you owe back taxes, the smartest thing you can do is call Optima Tax Relief. The experts at Optima specialize in a powerful IRS tax assistance program called the Fresh Start Initiative. And their clients that qualify are saving thousands, even tens of thousands. One call starts the process to stop the demand letters, stop aggressive collection actions, and stop the IRS from targeting you. But don't delay. It's important to act now while you still have options. Optima is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Optima has already resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get your life back. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for your free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Where can you find a mattress store that truly puts your needs first? Only here at the Original Mattress Factory. Our team is here with a no-pressure approach to help you find the right mattress to meet your unique needs. Whether it's back support, comfort, or long-term durability you're seeking... 
Nobody knows more about what makes a great mattress great. We want to make sure you're prepared to make the best choice for you, whether you buy from us or not. Stop by your local OMF store to see the original mattress factory difference for yourself. We've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe. QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com. Hurry, kids. We're late for school. Dance practice. Move it. Um, Mom, I'm supposed to be at karate. Find out how other families have dealt with the crisis of chaos on our online parenting forum. Just go to family.org slash parenting. Focus on the family. Helping families thrive. How can you draw closer to God and increase your knowledge of His Word? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. By reading four chapters a day, you'll read the entire Bible in less than a year. Or pick a specific topic, such as the life of Christ or the New Testament. Choose among more than 20 free Bible reading plans from 45 to 100 days. BibleStudyTools.com lets you choose your favorite translation. Track your progress and grow your faith online at BibleStudyTools.com. all of us have been part of this conversation one time or another. Someone notorious passes away. And people go, man, I sure don't want to be there whenever that judgment's taking place. Right? I mean, think about it. Right? It's coming. There is going to be judgment. Father Tom Sorok is with us. He's the pastor of St. Nicholas Orthodox Church. Tom, do we have to be judged by God? That's the big question, isn't it? I know it's kind of a... Uh kind of a bummer to think about the judgment on such a beautiful day today. Right. <laughs> yeah. But you know, that's a good word. Imagine like standing before God and you go bummer. I, I remember one, uh, one priest saying, you know, you have a difficult life have to be judged. It almost seems a little bit unfair, hmm. but you know, the, the reality is there is a judgment coming. And so that's what we really want to talk about here. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we know that if we, um, if people, uh, any man, woman, child, in any time in history has called on the name of Jesus, um, that he has been kind and um, forgiving and is willing to advocate on their behalf. Um, but that doesn't mean that there's no judgment. So how do those two things work together, Tom? Oh, we think we, uh, Tom froze up on Zoom. Oh, it's not too bad. All right. Um, what do you think? He looks great, though. Yeah, yeah. Tom, sorry if you can hear us. Uh, you know, we're sort of suffering through the maladies of modern communication. On our, if you've been on Zoom. Oh, hey, there's Tom. Sorry. Oh. <clears throat> sorry, guys. No, no, it's right. okay. Things happen, right? Hold on one second. Okay. I apologize. I'm having an issue here. That's right. We're judging you as even as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> Just wanted you know. I've forgotten the passage, judge not, yet you be judged. Yes. So. Unless can, you're on Zoom. Can you hear me now? We yeah. can, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. None of the worst. Um so anyway. We'll yeah, what was again. the question, Kath? 
Well, my, my question was that we know that if we believe in Jesus, that he's advocating on our behalf and that his blood is sufficient. Um, and so we, we know what that is. And yet at the same time, it doesn't mean that there isn't a judgment. So how do those two things work together? Well, it, it's, it's a very good question. And I, I want to give a perspective about, um, you know, answering the question why we're judged in the first place. In other okay. words, Good. if we say that the the issue is is that we have an advocate before the Father, um, I, I would I would I might quibble with the the model here though, and so kind of hear me out. Okay. The the issue is that we look at John five, for instance, and Jesus says that he is the judge that the son of man is the judge. And he says, don't marvel at this because the hour is coming when all the, all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Uh, and the, the, the issue here is what is the standard of judgment and who is the judge? Um, the son of man is the judge. The son of man, that is the Lord Jesus Christ, is the one who judges us. And the reason why um, in the of the scriptures that the son of man is the judge is because, in fact, it says in John 5, because he is the son of man. So what does that mean? The son of man comes from the book of Daniel. We, we hear about the Son of Man in the book of Daniel, and we hear about the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven uh, and seated at the right hand of God, and he's actually worshipped by all the creatures. And so Jesus comes to the world and refers to himself as the Son of Man. And then we hear in John 5 how he says he is the judge, that the Son of Man is the one who judges us. So... What does that mean? If we take Matthew 25, for instance, and we hear this parable of the judgment that says, um, you know, did you see me naked? Did you clothe me? Did you see me hungry and me? Did you in prison and, and visit me, right? Did you care for me when I was sick? And this criteria, if we look at John 5, and if we look at Matthew 25, and we say, well, what's really going on there? And the issue is that when the Lord Jesus Christ creates the world, when God creates the world through his word and his spirit, Genesis 1, Genesis 2, right? yeah. it says that we are created um, in the image and the likeness of God. So we're kind of differentiated from the animals, We're frozen again. Heck. Well, we were just getting into the heart of the matter with Tom. Um, what do you say? Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come Sounds back good. and uh, and reschedule. You're listening to uh, The Ride Home, Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. We're Word FM. So. Be back in a bit. But. Don't let pests scare away your business. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. When cold drives pests and rodents inside, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team 
has your business covered. Get a free quote on your pest control and sanitation plan for the upcoming year with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Receive a $5 rebate by trading up any non-contact thermometer toward an Exergen temporal scanner purchased at any retailer. With COVID continuing to spread, nothing matters more than having an accurate thermometer that's backed by more than 80 published peer-reviewed clinical studies like the Exergen temporal scanner. Even after getting the COVID vaccine, you should be monitoring for fever to make sure you are protected. Keep your family and yourself safe by trading up your non-contact thermometer for an accurate temporal scanner and a $5 rebate from Exergen, where accuracy matters. Details at exergen.com. When it comes to your child's education, do you feel like you have a partner in your current school? Or is it more like you're on your own? As you look ahead to next year, now's a perfect time to consider a quality Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many of our area's finest Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like First Baptist Christian School of Butler. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Let's call it the couch cushion dash. This is the moment when you need a tip for the pizza man, a few bucks for your kid's lunch, or you can't say no to the sweet eight-year-old and her thin mints. But you've got no cash and no other options but to tear apart the house, searching for hidden money. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And it's funny how we can usually find a way to scrounge together a few bucks hidden around our house. Shame on you if it's from your kids' piggy banks. For many Word FM listeners, though, there's enough money sitting inside your home to buy a swimming pool full of Thin Mints. Home values have gone up across the country the last few years, leaving many of us with a good chunk of equity tucked inside our homes that we could cash out to use for life. If you'd like us to help, we are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money you'd have to pay before closing. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy show, you will find it archived at secularlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy show. If you're part of a family, and my guess is if you're living and breathing, you are, you know how difficult at times family life can be, right? It just is. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard for us just as human beings to navigate through this world and then let alone have people that you are intimately, deeply connected with. For a lot of us, you know, years and years and years you're together. I mean, it just creates tension. It creates discord. It creates anger and resentment and all those things along with the goodness and the joy and the, the, the love that, you know, holds families together. So uh, to be honest, you know, watching what's happening internationally with the Royal family, I, to me, I just have no regard for this. I just don't have any 
care for the breakdown of hearing people who are what well compensated live lives that you and i could only think of as far as material goods but the dysfunction of that right the dysfunction of what it is to be royalty well there it is on center stage and so you see what happened with oprah and Megan and you know Harry on Sunday night and then Monday in the UK. What a complete and absolute aberration! Aberration. I mean, the, the crash of it all is beyond me. And now, of course, one side has had their say, and so you drag the Queen, a 99-year-old elderly woman, into the mix, and Buckingham Palace is responding. Kath, according to Fox News, quote the whole family. This is the statement from Buckingham Palace is saddened to learn the full extent of how challenging the last few years have been for Harry and Meghan. The issues raised, particularly that of race, are concerning. While some recollections may vary, they are taken very seriously and will be addressed by the family privately. Harry, Meghan and Archie will always be much loved family members. The statement comes after the royals faced some criticism over their silence on the matter following the interviews broadcast in the U.S. on Sunday and in the U.K. on Monday. Right. Well, that I means it's good. I mean, what are you going to say as a representative of the royal family? You're going to go, well, you know, we don't agree with what the, what was said, yada, yada, right. yada. I know. So what then it come, I know. becomes really ugly. Right. You want to address family issues behind closed doors, not on an international stage. I know. I don't get it. Of, the reason that it is, well, there are several reasons why it's it seems so distasteful to me, but one of them is because it's just kind of embarrassing. Yeah, kind of. You it know, is like, embarrassing. Why why do you want to go on TV and talk about this? I don't I don't get it. I mean, everybody has problems with their well, maybe you've brought with your mom or with your aunt or with your kids or with your grandpa or your siblings or whatever it is. But, you know, nobody wants to see you in a public place dissing your family members and trying to, like, air all your grievances. It's just nobody. So. I, OK, so no, no. To be fair, though, I mean, again, I did not watch the program, so I'm ill equipped to speak of it, but I am going to chime in. They did not necessarily say, you know, this was not the queen or this was not yes. Prince Philip. Right. This right. was the you know, that shadowy thing the firm whatever that might mean those who are involved in the construction and the upkeep of the royalty thing that machinery which goes hand in hand right but they did i mean they were pretty hard on prince charles i didn't know that oh yeah they were pretty hard on prince charles because you know harry said that they you know he stopped taking his calls months ago and so he had to write him letters and he's just recently you know decided to start taking his calls i mean who wants to know that about some guy and his dad i don't i don't nobody wants to know that i don't know i mean don't you appreciate though i think we're in a we're in a good healthy um time period in regard to people talking about suicide i think that people are more open to uh to discuss it it doesn't seem like it's a boogeyman i think people are you know i think it's helpful to see people who are famous and wealthy who look like they have it together who are struggling with things like that so i appreciate the fact that that was part of the conversation yeah, so sure. i you what you don't like that that's fine i mean yeah so i, I think i think i'm good fine. with that um what i'm but, not going to laud someone who you know discloses they had suicide, suicidal thoughts i mean a lot of people have suicidal thoughts. Right. No, but I'm not I'm not lauding her for having suicidal thoughts. I'm no, or what? The, the admission of it. So what? Yeah, I'm just la- well, I'm just lauding her for the fact that she was willing to bring it up. Because if you were talking about someone who was in like the Hollywood world 40 years ago, they wouldn't have brought that up. 
guess that's fine. Yeah. yeah I mean, so, stay- so I think that, I think that's a step forward. I mean, you want to grab but something positive? Okay, I'm that's trying. fine. Do you see how I'm trying? I appreciate it. Thank that's you fine. so much. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think that you, Gerard Baker wrote this uh, opinion piece about it in the Wall Street Journal that John, you and I both just like went over the moon for because it was just so awesome. Um, but one of the things that he brought up is the fact that when you have everything material that you could possibly need, when it comes time for you, if you feel like it's time to talk to the public about your dissatisfaction with your life, what? you have to come up with something that is of like gargantuan, far-reaching consequence to make it make sense to anybody. So bringing up the idea of racism was is like the catchword that like everyone's going to say oh my gosh megan was you know picked on because she has darker skin now all i have to say is that when megan first was announced as harry's wife the fact that she had dark skin was like what everybody was so excited about remember she was like the exotic princess the exotic american princess who was going to come to britain so i don't and i'm sure there are people who are not happy that there are that there's somebody in the royal family who has darker skin but i think there are probably a lot more people that were really into that idea so i don't know i feel like the fact that she's that, that like some guy in the firm said i wonder how dark the baby's skin is going to be like does I does that know. surprise you does any but like people say stupid stuff like that all the time all the time in your family at the grocery store or whatever. And like people are like, oh my gosh, can you believe someone in the royal family said that? Well, first of all, it wasn't someone in the royal family. It was someone who works in the firm. And I, yes, of course I believe that. Because people are stupid. Because people are stupid. And people make ridiculous comments all the time, right? I mean, we make ridiculous comments and we're on the radio. Really? I mean, what the heck? So, you know, I don't know, Kath. Why do we have to care? Seriously, people yeah. are, you know, we're in the midst of this pandemic. People have lost their jobs. Right. People are upset. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of resentment. And all of a sudden, we're supposed to care about, it's like, some people who live in a castle and drive a Range Rover. What's up with that? I know. I, know. I don't really care. And then when, when Harry's quizzed about, he says, you know, my family cut us off financially. And Oprah's is smart Cut enough. you off financially? Oh, wait, wait, Oprah's smart enough to say, wait, what do you mean cut you off? And he's like, well, we didn't get income for the first half of 2020. I mean, the first quarter. Like, so all of a sudden you're like, what, did you not get three weeks worth of income from the royal family? Like, what are we talking about? Listen, that you were cut off. I graduated from high school. I got cut off. <laughs> then you go out in the world and you find your way, you coconut. Oh, you find God. your way. Right. He could get a cut job, off. you know, doing something. Didn't Oprah make like $7 million out of that interview? I yes. guess somebody yeah, made a lot of money. You know they're going to get cut out of that. Oh, uh, listen, Oprah. No, is- no, they're being lauded as like heroes because they're not taking whatever. Well, they shouldn't take any money. Who because, even cares? Look, what is the deal? He's like, the only reason we can move to America is because of the uh, the inheritance I got from my mother. I'm like, well, cry me a river. A lot of people don't get an inheritance from anybody. An inheritance? What are you kidding? Good night. It's, it is nutty. It is it's nutty. the ridiculous exclamation point at the end of a difficult year, hopefully. I mean, can there be anything more trifling that we have to worry about than this? Seriously, I'm sorry. You know, your feelings are hurt about that. I, I don't know. Okay. Well, on the positive side, I did mention the fact that I, I appreciate the, the conversation on suicide. I also thought uh, that Meghan Markle had a very nice dress. Well, maybe she got it at Goodwill because times are hard <laughs> and they got cut off. Mike, did you appreciate Meghan's right? dress? Was that an important facet of the interview for you? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. It was It was the cut highlight off. of the interview. I absolutely it gorgeous. Be. It made I did like 2021. It. That's okay. for sure. 
Mm-hmm. Heaven nice help shoes us. on. Very, very nice shoes. I bet her shoes were not available mm-hmm. at DSW. Would we all have financial problems that the Royals have, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm done. That you are. That's it. I'm done. I got nothing. <laughs> Sorry, Megan. Sorry, Harry. WORDFM Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying play the word Pittsburgh and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app iHeart, tune in and at radio.com With SRN News, I'm John Scott The trial of Derek Chauvin former Minneapolis police officer charged in George Floyd's death is forging ahead with jury selection even though a looming appellate ruling could halt the case and delay it for weeks or even months as the state tries to add a third-degree murder count. At least three weeks have been set aside for jury selection, and no one expects it to be easy. In consumer news, Nissan recalling more than 854,000 cars in the U.S. and Canada. That's because the brake lights might not come on when the driver presses on the pedal. The recall covers certain Sentra compacts, the 2016 through 2019 model years, including more than 807,000 in the United States. On Wall Street, stocks finishing higher. The Dow gained 30 points. The Nasdaq up 464 and the S&P ahead 54. This is SRN News. Some home repairs simply can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood or composite. To show their appreciation to word listeners, you'll also get 10% off your total project when you mention this station. Get 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off, backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Maybe you've heard about MediShare and you know what it is. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance. But you've wondered, can I really save a significant amount of money on my monthly health care bills? And the answer is an emphatic, yes, you can. You can save a lot of money, whether it's just for you or for an entire family, MediShare has an option for you. In fact, the typical family saves $500 a month switching to MediShare. And it really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. You get free telehealth services. You get a huge network of doctors. You get great customer support. And you get the sense of security that comes from being a part of 400,000 people who share not just each other's medical bills, but purpose, too. MediShare is a community of Christians who pull together and pray for each other, which is very refreshing right now. If you want more info, it's so simple. You can get a price within two minutes. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. A heart attack? He was 47. What about Janice and the kids? Do they have life insurance? No. 
Call Select Quote now and get the insurance your family needs at a price you can afford. In minutes, Select Quote found John, 45, in excellent health, a $500,000 policy for only $29 a month. And his wife, Anne, 43, in excellent health, a $500,000 policy for only $21 a month. At Select Quote, we comparison shop some of the most trusted insurance companies in America to find you the best rate in minutes. And it's free. For your free quote, call 1-800-644-1331. That's 1-800-644-1331. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-644-1331. Select quote. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Tonight, we'll see clear to partly cloudy skies with a low of 38. It'll be warm tomorrow with intervals of clouds and sunshine. Tomorrow's high, 67. Tomorrow night will be cloudy and mild with a low of 53. Thursday, cloudy, breezy, and warm with a passing shower in the afternoon. Thursday will reach a high of 66. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, thanks for coming along today, the 5 o'clock hour of the Tuesday edition of The Ride Home. You know, for many, many years, I would say decades, housing prices and rentals in the city of Pittsburgh and across western Pennsylvania were among some of the lowest in the country. Well, you know, you keep talking about Pittsburgh's a great place this and a great place that. Sooner or later, you know, outsiders come in, tech comes in, the landscape changes. Well, check this out. It is cheaper to buy property than to rent property right now in Pittsburgh. Mm. A new report by Realtor.com pegs the, listen to this, the median home price in Pittsburgh is now $245,000. That's the median price. The median price. Really? Which equates to a monthly mortgage. Now, this, of course, is all before taxes and whatnot. A monthly mortgage of $1,250. Here's the wow. clincher. The average monthly rent in Pittsburgh. I don't know where people are living where. The average monthly rent in Pittsburgh is $1,445. Oh, hold on. Holy. Where are you living? Mount Washington. Where are you living there? No, they're living in Bloomfield. They're living in the north side in the Heinz Lofts. They're living downtown. The monthly cost to buy the median Mm. home home in the 50 biggest metros was $1,900. That compares to the median monthly rate of $1,700. But not in Pittsburgh or Cleveland or Chicago, which were some 15 metro areas where it is cheaper to do the reverse cheaper to buy than to rent Mm -hmm. how about that that's one of the things that i feel like i have benefited from the most economically from living in pittsburgh yeah buying a house and buying yeah when 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 my husband and i got married we bought a house before we were even married and my husband lived in it i mean it was just that now it wasn't a very big house and it needed a heck of a lot of work so he you know did it he worked on it more until night for three months before we moved in but it was so much cheaper Based than renting. Off. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got, you know, then we got to sell it six years later and, you know, make a profit make some cash. and good to go. 
and leap forward. Right. Right. right, Exactly. I know you and your wife did the same thing. We certainly did. We were were beneficiaries. Look, our first house was $50,000. Are you ready for this? Our first house was (laughs) (laughs) $29,500. Yeah. Holy How about smokes. that? That's I know good. you're thinking, where did you live? Well, let me tell you. I know where you lived. You yeah. lived in a good neighborhood. It was, I it, love, it was I it's love very nice up there. The, lived in Observatory Hill in a duplex. Yeah, it's very nice up there. Okay. Um, one of the things, let me just uh, switch gears here. Uh, speaking of family, um, one of the things that our family has loved to do since our kids were little, it's become like our family sort of fun go-to tradition, is to jump in the car and visit a miniature golf course. Mm-hmm. We you love playing miniature, miniature golf. golfers. Yes, you. There are. is so like some weird rivalry mm-hmm. the four of us have here. To be honest, my wife is an excellent miniature golfer. But you know what? It doesn't surprise me. She's a precise personality. She is very precise. I she, appreciate more that often about than not, her. she she makes us work. But uh, listen, there are now, of course, everything's a pop up in this COVID era. There is now a pop up miniature golf course in the streets of our beloved Oakland. You know this? Wait, how does this yeah. happen? How can a how can a miniature golf course pop up? From noon to eight p.m. Thursdays through Saturdays, and noon to five p.m. on Sundays through April. Uh, presented by the Pittsburgh Innovation District, the nine-hole Oakland Open will welcome duffers who are interested in playing uh, some little miniature golf. Where are they going to set up? Um, you know, I. It is. I think it's um, Atwood Street. It's a side street. You know, you know, where, you know, the where one Atwood that's street blocked is? off where they've had tables for the last yes, year. Yes. Okay. But it's lower Atwood, not towards Fifth Avenue. It's b- b- below, below Forbes, Forbes Avenue. Forbes Avenue, right? Yeah. Which is a great idea. Well, uh, you know what? I think that's a really fun idea. Yeah. Would you go? Would you go play yes, some miniature golf? Of course, especially I would on a go. day like today. Wouldn't it be nice to go out and do nine holes? How about you ever go to a driving range? Yes, I did. Isn't that fun? Sure. I mean, I'm I mean, very, very, very bad. Doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter. Because you know what? When you're at a driving range, you're, you know, practicing. You're working on your long game. You're right. just trying to hit that ball as far as you can, as straight as you can. Right. Okay. So now, everybody else. No, wait. I need to go back to the pop-up on Atwood. Okay. Um, so that's right by Dave and Andy's, isn't it? Yeah. Right okay. There. And right across from where Uncle Sam's was. Exactly. And where is Fuel and Fuddle still there? I don't know. No, that chicken place you like, isn't that there? That's upper. That's towards fifth. Okay. Got it. That's a great place. Chicken. Yeah. I haven't been to chicken. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Well, I think that they will be, that'll be an absolute smashing success in Oakland. Mm -hmm. We, uh, we used to go to a golf course out, um, like by, by, by Hartwood acres. Okay. Uh, it's called, it was called golf world. It's unbelievable. It's golf world. Yes, it is. I know that. I know golf world. It's gone. Yeah, Yeah. I've driven. It's gone. Golf world's gone. Golf, yeah. Because of COVID? Uh, no, no. It was long before COVID. But that's where we first, you know, cut our teeth as, you know, miniature golfers at Golf World. And then they had Ice Cream World, cream. which, you know, after you're done golfing, you go to Ice Cream. I mean, it was like the There's perfect so many universe. opportunities for the world. Perfect universe. It's exciting. Because anybody okay. can play miniature golf. I mean, the littlest of kids. Their kids are like three years old. They're trying to hit a little ball. Right. I know. It's super fun. Yep. My family has always hated it. We've always been very bad. And really? it's, Yeah. 
There was one time when we went miniature golfing and both of the girls started to cry. And that happens. It. You yeah. know that you have to expect there to be a little tension. If you can work through that somehow, because, yeah, you know, someone gets that. mad, someone's ball goes out of bounds, someone's upset about whatever, you know, it's right. just how it is. But it, if you can get through those rough times, it becomes a really good thing. Okay. So speaking of getting through rough times, yeah. how about the news coming today that uh, Con Alma, it's a jazz club and a restaurant. They're going to be expanding to the downtown cultural district. I got to tell you, when I read today, no, I didn't read it. You told me about it, John. Oh, yeah. I heard that news today and I thought, now that's the first glimmer of actual good news restaurant wise I've heard in Pittsburgh since COVID started. Yeah. So someone's going to invest some money to move a jazz club in the heart of the uh, district. And I'm sure, you know, with rents being in flux right now because of COVID and all that in downtown Pittsburgh, they got into a venue. I do not know where they're going to be. I was going to say, do you know what, uh, I I wonder what street that's going to be on. But news of a bigger full-time jazz venue is always welcome news. news. I'm super, super excited about that. Pittsburgh has a great roots in jazz. So uh, that's going to happen apparently soon and very soon, like, like this spring. Wow. I love that. Absolutely love that. Okay. Mike's our Um, next guest up. Is he up and running? Oh, he is. Great. Terrific. Okay. Oh, Let's this is going to be a really exciting conversation coming up next. Um, we're going to have Ian Johnson with us, Pulitzer Prize winning author of a book called The Souls of China, The Return of Religion After Mao. Listen, he's done such a terrific job kind of walking the average person through what faith life is like in China. We're going to talk about it next. 101.5 WORD. Here's Dr. Charles Stanley. Blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burden. He daily understands where you are, knows what's going on. He has the wisdom and the power to deal with that burden, whatever it may be. You don't have to bear it. Hear the series, How to Release Your Burdens, this week on In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. With a moo-moo here and a moo-moo there, here a moo, there a moo, everywhere a moo-moo. Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Springhouse. And I'm Donnie, one of the 11 cousins growing up on the Springhouse farm. Hey, Mommy, what's coming up at the Springhouse? I'm glad you asked, buddy. We're celebrating the entrance of spring with our spring ham and turkey dinner this Sunday. Are we having that yummy smoked ham that Bill smokes in the smokehouse with real hickory wood? Yep, an old-fashioned roast turkey and homemade stuffing, real mashed potatoes and turkey gravy, sweet potato pie, and all kinds of goodies. And what's for dessert? My favorite part. Just like an old-fashioned church supper, we'll have coconut cream pie bars and all kinds of yummy family recipe cakes, too. Am I making you hungry, bud? Yes. Can I have some now? Nope. We'll have to wait for this Sunday, starting at noon and going all day. Tell our friends where to find us, hun. Check us out at springhousemarket.com or 724-228-3339. The following is a true story. I had a lady that was in her mid-70s, and I'd sold her timeshare, and that was the lowest I'd ever felt in my life. I knew then that I had to do something to simply not to go to hell for selling timeshare. Chuck McDowell founded Wesley Financial Group to help folks cancel their timeshares permanently. called her and everybody that I'd sold timeshare to, and I said, this is what I said to you that was a lie, and this is what you need to do to cancel your timeshare. From that point, people started referring friends to me to help them cancel the timeshare, and that's how it all started. I fought the world's largest timeshare company in federal court. If I had lost that lawsuit, there would be no one helping people that have been lied to when they bought timeshare. 
If we take you as a client, we will cancel your time, sir, or we'll give your money back. That's what makes us different. Call Wesley Financial Group now for a free information kit. 800-707-8989. That's 800-707-8989. 800-707-8989. Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, students grow to love learning, think deeply, and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation. Robinson Township Christian School, now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org. Thanks for being along for today's Ride Home with John and Kathy. We're so happy to be joined right now on Zoom. If you'd like to uh, watch the show, you can do that on Facebook, The Ride Home with John and Kathy, or at 101.5 Word FM. Or, of course, you can be listening on terrestrial radio or streaming. But we're so happy to have Ian Johnson with us. During more than 20 years of working in China, Ian has won the Pulitzer Prize for International Reporting and the Shorenstein Lifetime Achievement Award for Covering Asia. He was also awarded a 2020-2021 National Endowment for the Humanities Public Scholars Fellowship for a new book he's writing on China's unofficial history, but we're here today to talk about the souls of China, the return of religion after Mao. Ian Johnson, welcome in. Hi, nice to be here. Yes, thank you, Ian. It's our pleasure. The souls of China, the return of religion after Mao. Uh, We'll talk about Christian religion. Of course, you're speaking to a Christian audience right now down the road, but let's talk about Mao passing away and look at 1980s China. Now, pre-Mao, what was religion like? And then post-Mao in the 1980s, where do we land? Um, Pre-Mao, religion in China was very decentralized. Uh, there was no, um, there were, just just like Chinese society, there were there was no really strong central government. There wasn't that much state involvement in religion at all. Um, the dominant religions were, you know, Buddhism and the indigenous religion, Taoism, folk religions, uh, Christian Islam was practiced by certain minority groups in China, um, the Hui, the Uyghurs, that were more or less on the fringes of China, on the in the western regions of China, and then Christianity had started to make a, a big big inroads uh, in the 19th century and onwards. So that was sort of pre mal and then Mao came in, implemented authority, organized all these religious groups, these five major religious groups um, under the state. So they were under state control and anything else was declared illegal. Um, and that was, but that quickly, uh, by, by the 1960s, religion was, and the culture, what was called the cultural revolution, yeah. um, that religion was essentially banned. Uh, from about 66 to 76. So there was no public display of any religion. All religion didn't disappear, but it went underground. And so that's sort of what happened up until he died in 76. So then after Mao passes away, there is, maybe not uh, the lack of a better word, it's not necessarily religious flourishing, but perhaps some freedom that there was not before. Yeah, absolutely. The Communist Party was in tatters. China was... 
uh, disaster economically, and I think they, need, they felt they needed to rebuild uh, public trust, and they did that through economic reforms that we all know about, which have led to China being such an economic power over the past few decades. And they also relaxed control over society. So, I, you know, if you want to sort of think simplistically, if China was totalitarian under Mao, it became authoritarian afterwards and not quite the state's involvement in the daily uh, life of citizens. Um, still, through some things like family planning, it was it was very involved. But in religious life and other things, if you weren't directly challenging the Communist Party, uh, the party was more or less okay with that, and even explicitly said that things like underground churches would or were not encouraged, but they would turn a blind eye to it, um, and things like that. So that religion really came back in a big way, and especially Christianity, I think, in the in the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. And from the governmental perspective, by allowing the churches to exist, what were they hoping to do? Was it just, you know, it's something else that we don't have to worry about? Or were they thinking that it would achieve some long-term good governmentally or culturally? Well, I think it was a bit of, well, I mean, I think part of it, there's a very interesting document that was issued in about 82 called Document 19. And it really very interestingly, it's just been translated into English, you can find it on the internet, um, it says essentially that religion is a phenomenon of quote unquote old society. It will, it'll die, mm-hmm. die out. And the problem is that um, in the past, we tried to force it. We tried to ban it. And we're not going to do that anymore. We're just going to let it die out naturally. So I think this was re- allowing religion back was seen as a sop to old people who would, you know, daughter into churches and go to temples and mosques, but there wouldn't be young people that would really want to do this. And as we move towards socialism and communism, you know, this sort of, uh, trajectory of history that communism uh, should posit so so neat and cleanly uh, that, that religion would just die away. And this is not uncommon. This is common also in the West. There were ideas of modernization theory that religion was sort of passe. That religion um, was going to fade away with time as people became better educated and more prosperous and stuff like that. And I think this is how the party saw it. But on, on the local level, there were some local party leaders who have to deal with the nitty gritty of actually running a county or a city. And they they found um, that religion, uh, religious groups, and especially Christians, made good citizens. You know, things like mm-hmm. the Ten Commandments were actually really useful ways of organizing society so they said you know we don't have any trouble with christians they pay their taxes they um don't murder and steal as much as other people and things like that um and and so they they were positively inclined toward religious groups um and but that you can't say that was nationally the case but there's plenty of examples of local officials who thought that way i see so, uh, uh, Ian, by some quirk, I found myself in Beijing on September 11th, 2001. And, you wow. know, prior to the attacks uh, at the World Trade Center, I spent a week or so visiting, like you said, Christian house churches. And we did so, you know, generally surreptitiously. I mean, we did not broadcast what we were doing. We also visited some st- uh, state-sponsored churches, you know, that were for tourists or for the diplomatic corps that had police tape around it. But still, people gathered and, you know, people were worshiping. But is it fair to say, since what I saw in 2001, now that's been 20 plus years, that's 20 years, there has been another change from the Chinese authorities to how they look at not only Christianity, but all established religion? 
Yeah, no, definitely. I think um, throughout the 2000s, religion really grew and, and the churches that you would have gone to, some of those host churches grew and grew into sometimes mega churches. And one of the churches that I write about in The Souls of China uh, had its own seminary, its own kindergarten, its own bookstore. Um, and it had, I don't know, 500, 600 members who worshipped on Sundays, um, they even bought a second property and so on and so forth. And I think the government began to, along with other phenomena in society, like the internet, non-governmental organizations, they began to think we need to rein this in. This is getting out of control mm. from our perspective. Um, and it's a, it's a potential threat to us because we don't like things that are, you know, it can be called civil society, things that are outside the government control. The government's always been suspicious of that. And I think they thought these churches, these uh, religious organizations are getting too big. And so starting in the 2010, so over the past decade, but especially say in the past five years, they've uh, implemented a, pol uh, a, a policy to limit religious freedom, to tighten controls over religious life, and, uh, and just make, generally make it harder to organize. I see. So maybe really small scale house churches, uh, things that are really in somebody's living room and maybe just a dozen or a couple dozen people, that's okay, but nothing bigger. Most of the bigger urban churches have been closed down. Right. I mean, you know, you see, we've seen photos of larger churches, you know, with bulldozers outside and the government just coming in and tearing them down. I mean, I don't know if that's common, but you, you do see that. So it does raise an eyebrow. Now, I wonder, uh, uh, just you personally, you know, someone who has spent time, considerable time, you know, with your excellent work, The Souls of China. What about your relationship with Chinese authorities, how they look at you, someone who is interested, whether as a practitioner or just as an intellectual exercise about the inquiry into established religion? Um, I didn't, you know, if, if, strangely enough, I, I think I flew under the radar screen when I was doing this work. Um, mm. I went to a lot of churches. I... Uh, I spent a lot of time in Chengdu at that big church, um, early rain. And this is, of course, it, that church was then closed down about two years ago. Um, and the pastor put in jail, uh, Wang Yi. We can maybe talk about him later. But uh, at the time when I was working on it, it was still, I, I don't think I attracted too much attention. And authorities, you know, I was registered in China. I was accredited as a journalist. So I had a journalist card. And uh, so what I was doing wasn't illegal. And I think as a journalist, you can, you're, they kind of, they don't really like journalists. And I think they expect journalists to do, go to places and do things that they're not really keen on. So I, I wasn't, you know, expelled from China for that reason or anything like that. Okay, that's good. Okay. Some clarity. We're talking to Ian Johnson, this book, The Souls of China, The Return to Religion After Mao. I'm going to show it to those of you who are watching on Facebook right now. This is really, it's an absolutely fascinating book. I mean, we could talk to you for the next six or seven hours, Ian. Um, unfortunately, we don't have that much time. So let's go and talk about early rain. Um, you said that you uh, lived in Chengdu for quite a while. You spent a lot of time there um, at the church and kind of seeing how it operated. You tell one interesting story after another about it. So talk about uh, their pastor, Wang Yi, and your impressions of the church when you first met there. I'd heard of the pastor uh, earlier, even before he converted to Christianity. The amazing thing about some of these churches in China is that people who are running big churches, sometimes just converted a decade earlier, you know, huh. and they were wow. 
um, in many cases, uh, autodidacts. I mean, they were they had mm. learned the Bible inside out, memorized the Bible almost, and uh, and it, it forced me, somebody who was raised a Christian but maybe hadn't been as diligent in reading the Bible yeah, yeah. to go back. Would you feel like a loser, right? <laughs> so I went on one of the, you know these different programs. You can read the Bible in six months or something. You read right. different verses back and forth, New Testament. So I went on a crash course of rereading the Bible and and uh, just to get you know brush up on that uh, because I found them all to be extremely knowledgeable. And um, so Wang Yi had been a uh, a, a lawyer. He was a, a, a law professor at the local university in Chengdu. Um, he'd been known for taking on human rights cases. He was a blogger who had written a lot. His, his passion, it, it still still was. I mean, even when, after he converted, was film. He loved. He had a his, his home library. You know, back then people still had VHS and DVD and stuff like that. I think in China, streaming isn't still as quite as common, and some films are hard to get on streaming. So he had a huge DVD library of all kinds of films from around the world, especially Hollywood films. He'd written articles about. Know, Christianity and different films and, and and so on and so forth. And then over time, um, he, he through his wife um, and other friends, he converted to Christianity. And there's just a long story about how he converted, but um, he converted, I think it was in 05. So, and then they began to start really just a, a house church and they met in their living room and um, it just grew and grew. And of course, he had a bit of star power because mm -hmm. he was a known person mm -hmm. through his blog and his human rights work. And people who were interested in Christianity came and, and he saw Christianity as, um, as an all-encompassing way of life. Um, he never really... Only at the very end, um, in about 2019, did he challenge the government directly uh, after it passed some draconian laws on religion that he called out Xi Jinping by name. Um, but before that, it was more uh, a different. I mean, it was, I, thought, I always thought the church for him was if you're on online, you know, you're writing blogs, who knows? who you're reaching, who knows if you're reaching anybody or what anybody's thinking, things can be blocked in China, but in your church, you can, you're really talking directly to people. And he was, a, his, he gave amazing sermons that were extremely informative and he would um, run down, uh, you know, if he's talking about something from the old Testament, he'd put a map up and talk about where this was located, what the different groups of people were. And it was, I think for, because there were a lot of people in the congregation who didn't know a lot of the background. Sure. So he was sort of starting from scratch. And I found it actually personally very useful to listen to. And, and it, was, um, it was, they were great. They were just, I was, I think I wrote in the book, I, I sort of fantasized that you, know, you could get his sermons and put them all online right. and, and yeah. translate them. Um, but, and some people have put his sermons online, although it tend to be the more incendiary ones toward the end, but he was a great teacher. And I think people really like that. I think there was maybe a feeling in China that it's going to be really hard to change society, to change the communist party. Like I can't change the whole world, but I can start here in my community, in my house or in my heart and start with that. And, and that's something that's a beginning. And so uh, I think that that's what he offered people. I, there were a lot of people like him also who had been influenced, maybe just as teenagers or young people, by the 1989 Tiananmen massacre. This was a sort of anti-government, pro-democracy protests in Beijing in 1989 on in the 
big square, Tiananmen Square in downtown Beijing, and been met with the army coming in and crushing it. And for a lot of people, that's crushed the hope for political change in China. And I think a lot of people thought, to start, we need a spiritual revolution. And I think this is where a lot of people, including Wang Yi, but many other people who went to the church had similar similar views, and it was a home for those kind of people. Let's see. We're speaking with Ian Johnson. Ian Johnson is a Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter. We're talking about The Souls of China, his book on religious freedom or not within China. We'll take a quick break. Stick around, won't you, please? It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk, Word FM. Back in a few minutes with Ian Johnson. Are you the type of person that values hand-built quality? Do you shop with local businesses because you know your purchase supports your neighbors? Or maybe you research before making a purchase because you know better than to trust the marketing hype. If any of this sounds familiar, you just might be an original Mattress Factory customer. At OMF, we value our amazing customers and work hard to exceed their expectations every day. Visit an OMF store near you or OriginalMattress.com to learn more. At the Original Mattress Factory, we know better than anyone that the mattress industry is full of myths. Mattress companies spread misinformation to mislead customers about their features and prices. One of those myths is that two-sided mattresses are old-fashioned. Today's mattresses don't need to be flipped and rotated, they say. But today's one-sided mattresses just aren't as durable. That's why OMF still hand-builds two-sided mattresses, because it's what's best for our customers. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. Don't let pests haunt your home this winter. Get the help you need at BoozBugStoppers.com. When bats and rodents move in, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team are ready to serve them an eviction notice. Get a free quote on your pest problem today with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to safely treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Businesses that run like clockwork establish routines they trust. That's why over a million companies rely on Cintas. We'll help you protect employees and customers with essential safety supplies, inspect your fire protection systems and devices, hygienically launder your uniforms, and keep you well-stocked with the leading hand sanitizers and disinfecting wipes. Learn how Cintas can help you open your doors with confidence. Oh, I'm ready! Visit Cintas.com and get ready for the workday. I'm Pastor Tom Hall of First Church Pittsburgh. Like you, I can't wait for this crazy time to be over. But in spite of how things seem, God isn't done with us. Join us at fpcp.org Sundays at 1045. Stream us on Facebook. Let's discover together how this story ends. Hint, Jesus wins. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting The Ride Home. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home too at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight we'll see clear to partly cloudy skies with a low of 38. 
It'll be warm tomorrow with intervals of clouds and sunshine. Tomorrow's high, 67. Tomorrow night will be cloudy and mild with a low of 53. Thursday, cloudy, breezy, and warm with a passing shower in the afternoon. Thursday will reach a high of 66. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. We are speaking with Pulitzer Prize winning author Ian Johnson about the souls of China, the return of religion after Mao. Uh, Ian, you know, in the Souls of China, you, you talk about the the culture, the Chinese culture, and you know, religion somehow can exist if it's viewed through that prism. You tell a story about a Christmas Eve service, and uh, the secret police are in the back of the church, and they're just waiting to pounce. But somehow the pastor uh, in his sermon is able to thread the needle to talk about Christianity on Christmas Eve that is not offensive somehow to the Chinese authorities because it's through a cultural lens. Can you go deeper into that? Um, yeah, I think the government is worried about religious groups because they see religious groups as potential or, or real independent players in society. Um, and after communism collapsed in Eastern Europe in 1989, they had a lot of internal uh, you know, study groups on what happened, how did these countries collapse? And they saw the role of, say, the Catholic Church in Poland or the Protestant Church in East Germany as providing space, independent space where groups could meet and talk. Mm-hmm. And they realized that religion could be a, a, a potential thing that would undermine uh, Communist Party control. Um, so that's sort of the classic argument for civil society. That civil society groups are, are independent of government control, which is normal and considered a healthy part of society, right? Like in right, an yeah. open society, but in a closed society, you don't want that. So, um, so even NGOs, if you have an environmental NGO and things like that, they're very nervous about that. So in terms of religion, um, the whole term religion in Chinese is fraught with, is, 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 it means, you know, a very organized um, thing, and it could be something independent of the, of the, of the government. So when people talk about uh, religion, they often frame it in cultural terms and say um, that what they're doing is cultural and not necessarily religious. That's harder to make Mm. that argument in Christianity. But um, I think in something like, say, the Christmas service that you mentioned, it was um, actually just a great show. It was like a a variety show um, on a, and they had skits and and people singing. And of of course they, they had a choir and they had a a, a piano and, uh, and and they sang hymns and stuff like that. But, but mainly it it was, of course it was also a form of outreach um, to the community. And, and, and these things are, I think, best framed when they're kind of fun you know and not sure. heavy on theology and so christmas for them was a great missionizing time and they would rent out a ballroom and you could bring your friends so you say you know i go to this church when it comes to great it's gonna be a lot of fun and there was a, a great skit and skits that were put on and so on and so forth and so i think for the people in the back of the room the police it was hard to sort of you know, grasp anything. I mean, there was no communion at the service. Mm-hmm. So there was nothing yeah. like that. I um, so it's, I think they have to know how to, yes, as you said, thread the needle. 
Okay, so let's contextualize that a little bit in threading the deal and go back and talk about Wang Yi and early reign. Um, several times as you're telling the story, as the book unfolds, you say, um, I wondered how long he could possibly continue preaching before he would get in trouble. So early on, you kind of saw what was going to happen. And, you know, I, I just loved reading these stories in your book because I'd followed Wang Yi's story through you know, the vagaries of social media over the years, you know, little blips and bloops would get out little bits of sermons, like you said, the more incendiary ones and, you know, little bits of his letters and that sort of thing. But you kind of, you know, you could see like the long view from the start. He could too, actually. And um, in the first chapter, when I introduced him uh, at the very, at the end of that chapter, I quoted from the letter that he mm-hmm wrote to his wife uh talking about what would what what she should do if she's if she's arrested and giving and telling her uh and it was quite a moving uh it is letter and he that he was uh great to write about wine it would be sort of like if you were writing about Say Christianity in, in the United States fifty years ago, and you wrote about, and Billy Graham was your your pastor or something. You wrote about it, it wouldn't be you're not a typical right, person, right? right? But um, so you're like at the I, epicenter. I he, yeah, he was sort of the epicenter. He was a driving force, and I thought from that perspective, that's why I decided to take him, even though he wasn't the most typical. Because of course, most pastors in China are low key. They're just like most pastors everywhere. You know, they're not as good giving sermons. They don't attract giant followings within a decade. Um, but he, I thought, represented this bigger movement in China quite well, even though he was walking the line. And tell us what happened to him and to the church. Well, um, so in 2017, the government passed uh, laws against that made it really hard to organize religious groups um, and sort of almost walked back that earlier policy that I mentioned in the in 1980s, saying it would turn a blind eye to house churches. And I think this is part of the overall growing hubris of the Communist Party. They feel that they're, they're rebuilt, they're back in power, they're back, they're strong, they don't need to take into account anybody else in society or not as much. And... So they tried to limit the churches. And then Wang Yi began to give a series of sermons calling out the government on this and saying that, um, you know, saying things like Xi Jinping is a sinner. Well, of course, that's true. We're all sinners, right? But maybe calling it the authoritarian it's leader. What it is. Yeah. But, um, and saying things like that and, and, and that the, the law was wrong and um, they went and, so, you know, then, then he was detained. Um, and in 2019, late 2019, he was detained. The church was closed. You know, sorry, it was late 2018. He was detained. And because I'm, I'm thinking the COVID thing, maybe every year. Right. That's everything. So sure. it was 2018 that the church was, that he was detained. The church was closed. I went back there in 2019 and talked to people who, who were in the church and they were still meeting in small groups, uh, but the organizing people behind it were all either relaying really, really low or uh, or detained. Uh, and then Wang Yi was sentenced to 10 years, 10 or 11 years, I think 11 years in prison for this is all purpose uh, law that they have. They can just throw anybody in jail called inciting subversion of state power. 
So it's not even that you're subverting state power in some way, just you're inciting someone and you don't have to even prove who to subvert state power. So he's in jail and his wife and son are, they were out in some unknown location. I've heard they're back in Chengdu now, but living extremely, laying really low. The son is now 12 years old. Um, and his wife, Jung Rong, is under essentially house arrest. Right. We're speaking with Ian Johnson, Pulitzer Prize winning reporter, The Souls of China. We're talking about his book. So, Ian, uh, just a, a few minutes left. Of course, you know, the book is a, a really deep dive, not just about Christianity, but all religions in China. So um, as far as organized religion, and of course, you know, you're speaking to a Christian audience. There is reason, most likely, I think this, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but is there despair that there will not be organized religion in China in the near future? This is just the, the new lay of the land, or is there reason to be optimistic? Well, I think there's still, I mean, there's, there's still some, some organized religion, of course, that just the government wants it to be organized by them. By them. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, independent religious groups are having a hard time. Uh, I think these things keep growing. I think it's hard for the government to control everything as they'd like to. I mean, sometimes we have that view um, of China as being 10 feet tall and the government being all powerful, but it's certainly not all powerful. It has a lot of weaknesses inside inside the government. The party faces a lot of challenges, um, economic, demographic, environmental, and I think in that context, um, religion is still going to keep growing. Uh, maybe not as fast as it did in the past, but you still see that people are interested in Christianity, that people still convert. Um, it's not as easy. You can't have these big Christmas services where you can bring in hundreds of people and expose them to ideas of Christianity and so on and so forth. But um, it still grows on a, in a, on a smaller scale. And you know, there's some argument that persecution has helped the church. It was after in the Cultural Revolution, in that sort of crucible when Christianity formed so so strongly. There were only a million Protestants in 1949, wow. and now there are I don't know the low estimate would be 50, 60 million. Um, still, you know, in, the, the rate of growth has been very strong, and a lot of that happened in the Cultural Revolution when things were absolutely banned, and this has been an exploded in the 1980s and 90s. So um, I think there's still hope uh, in, in China. And I think we shouldn't pretend that the Communist Party is, or make the mistake of thinking that the Communist Party is all powerful and controls everything. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's a good word. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Ian, last question for you. Um, Wang Yi, what, two, two and a half years into his long sentence? Um, have you heard from him? How, what communication has he been able to get to the outside world? Anything? Um, I have not been in touch with him at, at all. Um, I um, heard that uh, he's able to call his wife and son once a month from prison, and that's it. Uh, there's no visitation. Uh, I don't think he's allowed to see lawyers, and so there's no way really to get something out of prison, like maybe his, his writings or thoughts or something like that. I, I, I don't know. What, I can only imagine that he's um, I know he suffers from uh, diabetes, but I heard he's getting medicine for that. But we can, you know, he's still young. Well, he's now middle age, but he, I hope he will, can make it through the prison sentences. Chinese prisons can be tough. I bet. But I mean, and the Nobel Prize laureate Liu Xiaobo died in prison. Um, we hope Wang Yi doesn't, and that he's out at some point in the future. 
Well, Ian, thanks an awful lot. I mean, thanks for being with us. We know you woke up extra early to be joining us from uh, Pittsburgh to Singapore. We appreciate the extra effort. I can't tell you how how much. It's just a fabulous work, really. Yeah, it really is. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Ian Johnson, Pulitzer Prize winning reporter, The Souls of China, The Return of Religion After Mao. Thank you. WORD. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I am your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. When it comes to your child's education, consistency is key. And in a world that's been anything but, parents have found a consistent educational partner in Eden Christian Academy, where high-quality, safe, consistent in-person instruction has been happening all year long at each of their three North Hills campuses. Take a tour during Admissions Week beginning March 15th and see what a consistent, quality pre-K through 12th grade education can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Still paying outrageous premiums for your health insurance? Or maybe you settled with a ministry plan, some short-term medical or limited benefit plan that lacks the coverage you need? This is Kathy Emmons for my friends at Marley Financial. Every agency offers the same stuff, well, except for Marley. Marley Financial now offers a unique ACA clone that looks, feels, and most importantly, acts just like a Blue Cross plan. In fact, it's even better. You can go to any hospital or facility anywhere in the country. They'll actually waive your deductible for inpatient and surgery. Does your plan do that? Plus, they can customize your plan to reduce your costs for the rest of your life. Contact Marley Financial today, 724-884-1496. You don't have to wait till open enrollment, 724-884-1496, or visit MarleyFG.com. Nobody does health insurance like Marley, 724-884-1496. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. We make the Solaire Infrared Grills, those amazing gas grills that heat up to over 1,000 degrees in just three minutes to provide professional chef quality performance in your own backyard. Now you won't find them in the big box stores. Solaire is sold only by the finest specialty retailers who recognize Solaire as the only real hot fast grill. If you live in an area without a Solaire dealer, Solaire has the demo program where you can try a mini version of a full-size grill in your own backyard grilling the foods you love. It's made with the same design, materials, components, and performance of the big Solaires, but in a size Solaire can easily ship to you. Try before you buy so you'll know firsthand why Solaire is the last grill you'll ever purchase. Learn more about the demo program and these fantastic USA-made grills at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com. BestHotGrill.com. Is what makes sense. Expensive athletic shoes. <laughs> you know, I'm not talking about like, I don't know what the latest is, you know, like 
$1,500 pair of whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like a hundred plus dollar expenditure on a pair of shoes specifically for exercising. Or is it better to just like, you know, go to Walmart? No, 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 no. Um, okay, so if you're going to exercise, you, you don't want to exercise in like a super cheapy pair. However, you know, as kids, we all wore, you know, what? If You, you went kids. to Zares, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, if you can afford a decent pair of shoes, you don't want to trifle with your feet, do you? Especially when you're exercising and you're pounding them. So a little cushion is a good thing. Is it worth to spend a hundred bucks more for that extra cushion? I believe so. That makes sense to me. You think otherwise? No, I'm totally on your side, oh, John. Good. Look, my poor I mean, husband. You know. My poor husband used to run the streets of Pittsburgh on his yeah. Kmart shoes that he bought when he was in college because no. he was trimming down the expenses. Yeah. He's got shin splints from oh. the bottom of a shin to the top. Yeah. Yep. It's worth it. I, I believe that spending over a hundred dollars on athletic shoes within reason yep. does within make sense. reason does that is, make sense. That makes a lot of sense. That, that's big business. Okay, but thinking about this, you know, the things that you put in your stomach, mm. some of them are just really they shouldn't be there. Oh, like what? Does a hot dog make sense? <laughs> Listen, I. I don't eat hot dogs. I, I confessed weeks ago I've never in my life had a chili dog. I just feel like there's something kind of gross about it. Well, I disagree. Because I think a hot dog is absolutely delicious. I love a hot dog. A hot dog makes perfect sense, right? It's the perfect kind of meal. They come in a pack of six. Now, you can go cheap, of course. It depends upon your budget. Or you can go sort of, you know, high end and do the all beef. You can do the Hebrew Nationals, which are my preferred hot dog, right? I mean, hot dogs come in a variety of different flavors and styles. How about it? Have you seen the chili dogs with the chili inside of it already? How I about haven't. that? I mean, I love they're, a hot they're, dog. But they're pre chilied. Pre chilied. Pre, no, they're pre cheesed. They're pre cheesed? Yeah. See, so, one. There's no need for pre cheesing. I know people get grossed out by a hot dog, but as a meal, bring it on. I love a hot dog. I believe hot dogs make perfect, perfect sense. I'm a doubter. All right. Tennis shoes, good tennis shoes if you're exercising. That makes sense. Hot dogs. Mortgage commercials are rarely exciting. So to make it slightly more interesting, here are my nieces to do it for me. So interest rates continue to drop like my sister's baby teeth. Come on, Uncle Ryan had to say the same thing last year. That's true. Last year, it was rates are boring talk historically low. And now this year, there's somehow even more boring talk historically lower than the previous boring talk historically low. Sounds boring. But for so many listeners who just haven't wanted to deal with it, refinancing right now could save you massive amounts of Lego sets. Rates have gotten that low. Some borrowers could potentially save hundreds monthly and tens and tens of thousands over the life of a loan. And if you didn't put 20% down before, some could even stop having to pay PMI. Give Uncle Ryan a shot. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. 
Don't let pests scare away your business. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. When cold drives pests and rodents inside, Who and his Bug Stoppers team has your business covered. Get a free quote on your pest control and sanitation plan for the upcoming year with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. We want everybody to have a level of comfort knowing that they're in a safe environment, that they're in a caring environment, and that their health and well-being is our top priority. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. We are constantly screening both ourselves and patients. I want my patients to know that we are there for them. When they are ready, we are here. You're going to be safe. You're going to be well cared for. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. We're all thinking a lot about school these days. Like, will the kids ever go back? Or why can't they have enough work to last the whole day? Or if it's all online, what are the teachers really doing? Now's a perfect time to consider a Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Cornerstone Prep in West Mifflin. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com tuitions. Today's forecast calls for clear skies, slight winds coming out of the northeast, and customized car insurance from Liberty Mutual, so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. John 316. For God so loved the world. The whole world. Everyone. Anyone. That's a lot of people. That he gave his one and only son. His only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish. Life. <laughs> There's more at FocusOnTheFamily.com. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. If you missed any of the previous hour, um, do yourself a favor and go back and listen to our podcast, um, which is available wherever you get your podcasts. We had a fabulous Pulitzer Prize winning guest, Ian Johnson, who spent um, several decades of his life living in China. Uh, One of the people that he wrote about in his brand new book is Wang Yi. Um, And if you heard the interview, you recognize that name. Um, I I do want to say that uh, Wang Yi's letter that he wrote, it's a public letter that he wrote to his church back in 2018, right before he was arrested and put in prison on a a 10 plus year prison sentence. Uh, I'm going to post on our Facebook page because if if there's anything that um, could possibly inspire a believer in Jesus today, anywhere in the world, but especially here in America, it's reading what this man has to say. So I'll put it on our Facebook page. You can read it later. Fabulous. That's good. I mean, I, I enjoyed the conversation because you know, what I really, my big takeaway was that we do tend to think of, at least I do tend to think of, you know, the Chinese government is some monolith. Right. But the country is right. so huge. There, of course, uh, is an ebb and flow and there are holes in things and there is weakness and all that. Right. It's not one gigantic static power thing. So, look, you knew this before. There's great reason to be optimistic about the growth of the Christian faith in China. As Ian said, from the low end, it's estimated 60 million people are Christians in China. From the high end, more than 150 million or more. 
So that's fabulous. I mean, right. there's a lot of people there. There's a great explosion of faith, despite what the Chinese authorities are saying. We also don't know how many Chinese believers are in prison right now, and that's we have right. no idea what they're suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, what we owe to these people, that the types, the depths of their faith and understanding of who Jesus is is so different than ours. Um, I, I think it's a, just a terrific time for us to not be perhaps so Western-centered about Christianity and just recognize that this is the message of God for all humankind. And our leaders are often people who live on the other side of the globe. And God continues to be on the throne. Have a great night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.